the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Mission America and may contain views and opinions that do not reflect the views of the advertisers, staff, and owners of this station. Some material may not be suitable for children. Listener discretion is advised. Yeah, I used to be a liberal, too. We're going to have nothing but propaganda in many of our schools. I've seen teachers tell children that they are girls trapped in boys' bodies. Remember, the Bible speaks extensively about a coming lawlessness. For the most part, it was far-left agitators pushing the violence. You know, our founders told us there's only one way to keep a free republic. You have to have a well-educated and moral citizenry. Yep, I used to be a liberal too. This is Mission America with Linda Harvey. Because with God, all things, all things, all things are still still possible. Good afternoon, friends, and welcome to Mission America Radio. I'm Linda Harvey, and I'm so very glad you've joined us this afternoon. Please visit our website at missionamerica.com. That's missionamerica.com for more information about our organization and to read news, articles, and Christian commentary on the culture. And don't forget to read my articles on the American Family Association's blog, The Stand, on lifesitenews.com and elsewhere out on the web and be sure to check out all our resources for parents who want to be watchful about the culture's influence on your kids and you can learn more right on our website at missionamerica.com when you think about teachers and schools possibly using their positions of power to indoctrinate our children into anti-american anti-family Marxist ideology, do you just relax and say, oh, well, that's no big deal, or does your blood start to boil? Well, many of you would answer number two, and today we're going to give you a little more information that may make your blood boil even longer, but then we will discuss what a parent might do to solve a problem like this. My guest is my very insightful and articulate friend, Debbie DeGroff, who has written an excellent, excellent book covering the often mindless and completely shocking content of so many of today's books for kids. Some of them are training our kids to be social justice warriors and junior activists for far-left causes. Debbie's website is whatsinsidechildrensbooks.com, and her book is called Between the Covers, What's Inside a Children's Book. Welcome back to Mission America Radio, Debbie. Linda, thank you for having me. I'm just sorry it's not about a, a happier subject. Well, exactly. I know we both of us deal with these very weighty and somewhat depressing subjects, but you know what? God calls us to what he calls us to, and 
as far as you go, you're a very cheerful and upbeat person and you would never know the kind of subject matter that you deal with. So, um, you know, God bless you, Debbie. I, I've been meaning to have you on the show for so many months now because you were certainly on top of the results in children's literature after last summer and fall's riots and protests. And then how amazing it was that all of a sudden, out of the blue, schools unveiled book after book, teaching our children how to be social justice warriors and activists, and even how to think about racial issues. And it I'm sure it's not a coincidence, but the racial approach now is not like Martin Luther King might want us to approach that subject, but as the current active um, advocates of what is called critical race theory would approach it, and it's not the same thing, and we will cover this a little bit later. So, So let me ask you first. Is it a surprise that these books just started showing up uh, this last spring, this past fall, and now as we're getting into the following the spring this year, there's just more and more of them? Or does this have the fingerprints of a long planned and coordinated effort? Well, it's not a new effort. You know, you, you have to lay the foundations first. So that conditioning process to get the children and the adults as well to this level. It's been going on for decades. But the books today that you're talking about, they're just much more militant, and they're targeting even younger children. You might have expected to have found this in, say, young adult books 10 years ago, but now you find it in books for babies. Wow. And books for babies. I mean, that's little little tiny children, and um, they can absorb some of this stuff, but this is unbelievable. It's just right. unbelievable. So right. you have two recent articles on your site. One is called The Shaping of a Child's Worldview. You have lots of great articles, by the way, and I urge people to go to your website. The Shaping of a Child's Worldview and Why Can't Children Just Be Children? And you've identified approximately 50 books for infants up to age nine. So this really is an attempt to shape a child's worldview, isn't it? Of course. Of course it is. So if parents would go to that, to my website and go to that article, they're going to find a chart with a list of 45 books. And most of these books on this list are newer books, not because there weren't older books, but because the newer ones are more readily available on YouTube. So each of those books, the people can listen to them online and look at the pictures. So they don't have to take my word for it or any other reviewer. They can examine these for themselves. And so since these books are for babies to age nine, they're short, okay? So, mm-hmm. you know, you're not going to be there all day. You don't even have to traipse to go to the library. In the time you could drive to the library, you could, you could listen to five of them, okay? Wow. You can just click on the links of the books that you wish to hear. I put how long each one of those videos is with the article. Well, yeah, you have given so many details of books, and there are so many more out there than just the ones you have, but you do have a chart, and it, it includes all kinds of material. It's not simply the diversity, equity, and inclusion, which I'll get to that in a second issue, but it's the LGBTQ issue, and just pretty much Marxist theory. I, I thought I would just take a minute and give a brief summary of what is called 
critical race theory, because people, you're going to hear more and more about this. And the new focus in schools, the new buzzwords are the th- these three words, diversity, equity, and inclusion. And if you Google those terms, equity is not equality too, by the way. Uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion, you will come up with the, and schools, you will come up with a whole list of school districts in Ohio and every other state that have adopted uh, platforms based on these. And what this equity and why it's different, it's basically the idea that we need to look at our culture through a lens of power. And just to get right down to the very basics of what they say is that white people have had power and people of color have not. So right away, you're dividing people. So white people then are perennially guilty based on something they're born with that they can't help, just like any people of any color. And their motives and actions have mostly been horrible. And then people of uh, color are always victims. And if you're getting pretty nauseated by the time I'm starting to talk about this and thinking this is pretty simplistically childish, um, another part of this position, it gets worse, another part of this position is that police are always on the side of alleged white supremacy and the systemic racism that's everywhere, although we have trouble sometimes finding it, but but trust us, trust them, they'll find it, it's there somewhere, and that people of color should hate the police and never trust them. That's why all the anti-police rhetoric, and that they are free under people of color, under this new philosophy, to, uh, if they need to, they're free to break laws. This is actually classic Marxism and divide and conquer strategies. So do any of us buy this? And we need to push back against this position wherever we find it, because, of course, it's a huge crock and we should not buy this at all. Among the new avalanche of books. So I I just went on Debbie's website and there's just so many books Um, with selling these devious ideas to children, but there's one that just popped up right away for, for, for the four to eight-year-old age range, and it's called Brave Girl, Clara and the Shirt Waist Makers Strike of 1909, and it includes this sentence, quote, the police arrest her 17 times. They break six of her ribs, unquote. So Debbie... Tell us more about this book. I mean, obviously, they're not telling the whole story, and they are trying to shape a child's worldview through this. Tell us what, what's going on here. Well, absolutely. This book, you could say this book is a very curious book. Okay, it's listed first, I'm going to repeat what you said, for children four to eight. And the book is about Clara Limlick. Now, Clara Limlick is not a fictional character. She moved to this country in 1903 when she was 17, and the shirtwaist maker strike of 1909 is the subject of the book. This was a real incident, and one that, uh, you know, you could bring up with older children and actually have a discussion about. We don't ignore things that have happened in history. But remember, our audience is from four to eight. Clara had joined the International Ladies Garment Workers Union, and she had led picket lines and organized strikes. And it was during this time that Clara was arrested 17 times and had six of her ribs broken by the police. But think about this. Imagine reading those lines to your four-year-old. 
in the climate that we're living in. What kind of an editor, I mean, these books do not have a lot of words in them. What kind of an editor would allow something like that to stand with a age range of four to eight? And by the way, Clara joined the Communist Party in 1926, and her son, Charles Belson, was an active member of the Communist Party and a spy for the Soviet Union who's mentioned in the Venona Papers. It's an interesting topic for a picture book for four-year-olds, don't you think? Yes, absolutely. You know, and there are countless other books, um, including books about marching and protest, many, many LGBTQ Mm -hmm. books. There's Stonewall books. There's books about, you know, um, uh, oh, the guy in San Francisco, Harvey Milk, and, you know, and making heroes out, out of all this books mm-hmm. about homosexual pride parades books like feminist babies will be heard or an anti-racist baby board book so debbie you've got all a lot about this on all your websites and by the way before you you respond to these and give us a little more detail i want people who just tuned in to know who we're uh, interviewing today on mission america radio this is debbie DeGroff, and she is the author of a wonderful book about the horrendous frankly most of it um mindlessness and far left um indoctrination in so many of our children's books today and her book is called between the covers what's inside a children's book so debbie yeah tell us about the range of, I mean, if you can even summarize it in a couple of minutes, we've only got a couple of minutes till our break, the the range of these activism books for kids. Well, they start at birth. Okay, that's kind of shocking, but I'll go through this really fast. As far as The Feminist Baby, there are three of the books um, by that same author. And the School Library Journal even weighed in with a glowing review of the first one, which was 74 words in the whole book. And I quote from that. It says, the title character refuses to be limited by gender stereotypes. The strong girl power message makes feminism and following your dreams accessible to toddlers and babies, I might add. And as far as the anti-race baby board book by Ibram Kendi, that's written also for babies to age three. And he is the one who wrote the How to Be an Anti-Racist for Adults. Yes, that's the very popular book. Yes, the director of the very recently established Boston University Center for Anti-Racist Research. But interestingly enough, in this little baby board book, there is also a five-page study guide available from Pinkland Random House to accompany this 32-page book. And so the following statements are taken from that guide. Here's one. In his adult book, How to Be an Anti-Racist, Dr. Kendi argues that we're either racist or anti-racist. There is no in-between. Racism is a problem that was invented by white people, and it's the work of white people to dismantle it. As such, we invite white caregivers seeking to be anti-racist to study whiteness, including the work of Robin DiAngelo, Debbie Irving, and Tim Wise. And the other thing, Debbie, we're going to come up on a break here, but uh-huh. one of the things that this particular author uh, advocates is that, that it's okay to discriminate now. And so it's okay for people of color to receive special favors and special allowances. And there's a lot of pushback on that, including from 
Recently, Chinese American groups are making a big deal about this in our country, and they should, and lots of us should. We're、yeah. going to cover more of this in the new definition of equity, which is not equality, folks. It's not the same thing. And then all of this showing up in children's literature here as we continue our discussion with Debbie DeGroff, who is the incredible and very articulate author of Between the Covers: What's Inside a Children's Book. Here on Mission America Radio, and we will continue this very lively discussion about making your child an activist through literature that's right in your school library. Watch out, friends, and stay with us. We'll be right back. Today's program is pre-recorded. To learn more, log on to missionamerica.com. Now, here's Linda. We're talking today about critical race theory and the new、uh, the new definition of racism, which is equity, which means that it's okay now to discriminate in favor of people of color and against people who happen to be born white, and that's supposed to be the new equality, but it's not equality, is it? We can all see that we're we're far away from what Martin Luther King、uh, asked us. To、uh, consider and、uh, and did we have all these problems or are they invented and are there agendas going on here and even in children's literature? Our guest today is helping us cover some of that and there's way too much for us to go over. But Debbie DeGroff has written an excellent book and has a wonderful website. Debbie DeGroff's book is called Between the Covers: What's Inside a Children's Book, and her website has numerous articles. It's called What's Inside Children's Books. dot com. So, Debbie,、uh, we were I mentioned it briefly in our last segment about the racial issue and the LGBTQ quote unquote agenda are being tied together. In so many books、um, for our kids, and in so many messages they're getting, as if people are born homosexual, as if people are、uh, born in the wrong sex body, and as if that's like race, which it is not. This is another huge manipulation for our kids. Can you give a few examples of some books that you've seen on that? Well, I've actually read quite a few, but I have have one I would like to bring up because it pretty much covers it all, and、um, it's called "Juliet Takes a Breath" by Gabby Rivera. And okay, these are some of the things that are covered in this book: polyamory, white privilege, lesbian, trans, menstruation rituals, feminism. And the author was even able to work in Howard Zinn's "A People's History of the United States and All the Evils of America" in this book. Okay. Wow. All right. It was listed as one of the eight books featured on the Disrupt Books website, and that website also includes study guides for each of those eight books. There's 12-page teaching and learning guide that goes with this particular book. And, and this, is for teen, this is for teens. This is for teens, obviously, right? Yes, for fourteen and up. And the protagonist in the story is a Latinx girl who is a lesbian. Okay. And so here's from the study guide. Before starting, Julia takes a breath. We recommend working with students to consider how their identities and experiences may inform their reading experience. For some students, this book may be the first time that they have read about a lesbian Latinx character and her exploration of her sexuality and beliefs. 
This may be the first time they encounter open conversations about menstruation, women's bodies, sexual exploration, and the intersection of various issues, including gender, race, and sexuality. You know, every parent's dream for their child's yes. English class. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, this and, you know, is... there are boys in those classes also, you do know, right? Yes, and 14-year-olds. So this is yes. your what you want your 14. Well, the other thing is we know, Debbie, as you, uh, the, the quote-unquote young adult literature uh, category is read by 10 year olds. I mean, this is, you know, if you've got avid readers, they're, they're reading things that are uh, always three or four years ahead. So that's just the kind of thing we have out there. Now, another thing is uh, you were mentioning books that that included the climate change issue Mm -hmm. that's out there too. So tell us about that. Well, you know, of course the, the Greta Thunberg books are commonplace today But the one I'm going to talk about is by Jeanette Winter. It's called Our House is on Fire, because that was a statement Greta made, I believe, when she spoke at Davos. Mm -hmm. And this book is for children three to eight. Okay? Hmm. Now, think about what those very young children are going to take away from reading this book. It starts out, then one day Greta's teacher talked to the class about the climate, about how our planet was getting warmer, how the polar ice is melting, and how the animals' lives are threatened, and ours too. She read for hours and watched film after film about our warming world, and she became sad thinking about the climate all the time, and she barely ate or spoke. There might not be a world to live in when she grows up. What use is school without a future? What can I do if parents won't act to save the planet? Children will. I don't want you to be hopeful. I want you to panic. I want you to feel the fear I feel every day. I want you to act as if the house was on fire, because it is. Now, you've just read that to your three-year-old. Close the book. Kiss my goodnight and whisper sweet dreams. Yeah, right, right. Oh my goodness. No wonder kids are 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 you know, so um depressed and anxious. I mean, this is ridiculous. Yeah. It's not true it's not based on reality. Okay, so one thing I think we have to do before we run out of time, because we only have a couple minutes left, is you know, there are good books out there. I can name a couple, three, and you probably can too, Debbie, but there's a book called Pro-Life Kids, uh-huh. and just Google that title if you're interested in offering your children a great alternative. On the Help for Families website, Denise Schick has written, and it's also on Amazon, several books for kids. One is called I'm Glad God Made Me a Girl. That's to affirm male-female differences as God made us. And another one is called The Boy Who Liked Tea Parties, also by Denise Schick. That's on Amazon as well. Now, you might not think from the title that it would do that, but it gets to that point. And for teens, Ellie Clip, and I think you know her also, Debbie. She's an excellent writer. I've had her on the show. There's a great book called Choosing. It is also about the homosexuality, the gender confusion issue. It's also about creation versus evolution. It gets into the legaliza- legalization of drugs issue, and it does it in a beautiful way. Uh, anything else you can add here? And also, what can parents do? We have about a minute. Okay. Well, anyway, yes, that book, I could go on about it too. But number one, I'll talk real fast. Don't assume that books are safe and neutral. Obviously, if there's such a push for authentic voices to write books defining everything from a hatred for America to a hatred or hostility towards the Christian values, someone knows that books shape worldviews. Remember that. 
And number two, become aware of the direction of books for kids by first reading them. Read some of the articles on my website and then go read the books for yourself. I don't want you to have to take my uh, opinion of whatever a book is. Read it for yourself. Don't trust anybody's reviews except your own as you read these. And equip yourself to be able to discuss these issues with your children. Yes, And ranting about the content of a book is not censorship. Books don't evaporate into thin air because someone didn't like them. Book challenges that end up on the American Library Association's banned book list are not banned. They show right. up regularly in their displays every right. year you, during Banned Book Week. <laughs> and you can you can always find them somewhere just because you're yeah. limited in, in, because of age appropriateness. Thank you, Debbie. We are out of time. God bless yes. you. Okay. What's inside childrensbooks.com. That's Debbie's website. Go there. There's a wealth of information. And do not give up on this, friends. It seems overwhelming, but just remember, just remember that with God, all things are still possible. And I hope you have a great day and be sure to get involved in what your children are reading. 